At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement. Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. We have a treat today, guys. We have two amazing people coming on the show and I'm very excited about it. The book that we are featuring is called Do Unto Earth. It's not too late, and it's written by Penelope Jean Hayes with Carol Serene Borges as the channeler. Can you imagine receiving answers to your most thought-provoking questions about life on Earth, spanning topics such as historical events, the present-day environmental issues? That's what happened when we had Penelope Jean Hayes working with Carol Serene Borges as the intuitive channeler. It came upon self-introduced divine wisdom source, Pox. And what ensued was the writing of Do Unto Earth, our book today, which is an urgent message to humanity about planetary healing, First Nations peoples, for guidance on harmonious living with the natural world, resource management, and the development of our innate intuitive ability. Pox says that each person's contribution to collective consciousness becomes the global power necessary to affect change for unity, peace, and environmental repair. It's with great pleasure that I welcome Penelope Jean Hayes and Carol Serene Borges to the show. Welcome to the show, guys. How are you today? Great, Jason. How are you? Great as well. I'm excited to have you share your experience with creating Do Unto Earth with our audience. And one of the first questions I want to start off with is, I know you can look back on this project now, and I just want to ask, what did you find to be the most rewarding aspect of working together and creating Do Unto Earth that you didn't expect at the outset. Sure. So this is Penelope talking, and I know that Carol would have her own response to that. And I will just say that Carol and I have this really neat friendship, and we have this partnership in this writing process where I ask the questions of spirit, Carol channels, and then Pax returns the answers. And we've just had such a great time with it. We sometimes have these two, three hour telephone conversations after Carol has done a channeling and returned the answers to me because we just can't believe the information that is coming through. And, you know, one other thing, Jason, is Pax introduces himself as we are one with the universe, not the universe alone. We are the divine universe. Yes. And the God being, and he continues like that. So another one of those really incredible experiences is having a conversation with a spirit energy who has introduced himself as the divine universe, the God being. And there's an intimacy to the conversations that I would have never expected from a source such as this. So I would say that's my answer. <laughs> okay. That's well, great. this is Carol Serene, and 
I think that my takeaway is the flow of the energy from Pax through me to Penelope and the speed at which we effected the gathering of the information to produce the Do Unto Earth, It's Not Too Late book. It seemed to be quite seamless. Uh, there was a joy on the part of Pax uh, from his perspective, we were getting to what he has wanted from the moment I began channeling him in the early 1990s, and that is to have the vessel by which to share his wisdom, guidance, and his teachings to the world. And uh, we have begun that process in the Do Unto Earth book. And here we are today with you, Jason, being able to share even further. Well. And what I'm going to say is I'm just excited because I, as I shared with you uh, before we started our interview today, we had a few minutes to talk, and I've been wanting to have somebody come on the show to strongly talk about environmentalism and to talk about where the state of our planet is right now. We had Trump for four years, and I know our environmentalism is probably in its worst state in a while, and I'm looking forward to having new changes occur that we can hopefully rescue our planet from where it could go. Yeah. I guess from my vantage yeah. point, when we look at Pac, what made him come through to you, to you, Carol, at this stage where you were able to start channeling this information? Like, what was the prompt? Was it because of global warming and the chaos of the world right now or, you know, the last 20, 30 years? Or what, what was the, the major aspect of causing Pox to come forward and revealing it? Pax, you know, um, back in the early 1990s, uh, contacted me through automatic writing, which is what I had been learning to do, studying all other things metaphysical, but uh, learning the process of automatic writing. He came through at that time asking if I would be willing to be his channel because he had concerns about the state of our planet Earth and wished to share his his wisdom and guidance, if you will. And he asked me to, to be his channel, much to my surprise. I responded by asking, why me? Uh, knowing that I was pretty new at it all. Uh, his response to me uh, was this. He said, you are new at this, you have no bad habits, and you will change none of my words. So I asked for some time to give that thought, I recognized that uh, accepting uh, this was a tremendous responsibility. So after a week or two, I, I responded um, in the affirmative. I said I would. The purpose for Pax at that time was not just to communicate with me. It was to allow me to be the channel. Uh, through which his wisdom and guidance could be put, as he said, into book form and shared with the world. Now, at that time, I knew I had no contacts or capability of getting this wisdom into book form. Nevertheless, I knew it would happen one day, so just started uh, with packs, and everything went into file folders until the day came when everything could be uh, combined and put together and created in the form of, of a book. And it's been a responsibility and uh, simultaneously a great blessing. That sounds amazing. I, as a psychic medium, I've done some automatic writing myself, so I'm familiar the way I've done it. I usually use my laptop and I put my hands on the keyboard after I meditate and I free associate and then I let, you know, the automatic writing process. Is that how you did this for this? Your process um, in terms of the my, writing channeling process? My process was writing with a pen and paper. Wow. I, I am, yes, that's how it began. I was writing mm -hmm. one evening and suddenly, <clears throat> excuse me, everything changed. The energy uh, in the room, in my hand, my arm, and the uh, flow, the style of handwriting on the paper became large and scrolly and, and flowing, and that was Pax writing. Now, I've always done that when I do private readings for people, but um, I don't know, a year or so ago or longer, yeah, longer, I guess, I, I was 
thinking with Pax one day, saying, boy, I, I wish I could do this more quickly. And the response was, well, why don't you channel directly onto the keyboard? And I, mm-hmm. I thought, I, I can do this? Uh, so, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'd like, duh. So I, I tried it, and sure enough, it works. And, of course, for the purpose of working with Penelope and getting this myriad of, of pages of information together, it would have had to be that way. So uh, for uh, Do Unto Words, yes, everything is channeled directly onto the keyboard. Penelope sends me her thoughts and questions, and I sit at the keyboard and go into a very slightly altered state of consciousness and uh, begin to read the questions to Pax and allow the responses to come through on the keyboard. That's amazing. We're talking about Pax. Who is Pax? What is Pax? How does he, how he or she as a spiritual entity compare to our knowledge of the divine, the universe? Where does Pax come from? That kind of stuff. I'd be curious. Well, you know, Carol has the energy of Pax run through her. And so for her, it is a relationship of many decades, I would say an intimate relationship. And so she would say that she understands Pax as what she originally um, understood to be her spirit guide. And since then has understood that it's such a much larger concept of who Pax is. So when I got involved as a my background is in journalism as well as viral enology. And so I wanted to know more about who am I talking to? Who exactly are you was one of my questions. And I had asked, you know, were you, did you once walk the earth? And so in the back of my mind, I was thinking like, is this Jesus Christ? Is this some other prophet that has contacted us? You know, who is this spirit energy? And so Pax's response was, no, we've never walked your earth. We've never incarnated as solid. And then he gave this direct quote. I mentioned part of it at the beginning, but I'm going to say it again because it's actually a beautiful quote. And this is a direct quote. And it is, we are one with the universe, not the universe alone. We are the divine universe, yes, and the God being and the greater wisdom, that which knows and supports all and is healing non-judgmental and tolerant, all-seeing, all-knowing, and peace, end quote. So when I heard that, I, you know, bit knocked off my chair. Oh, okay, so we're talking <laughs> to the God being. Well, okay then. So from there I said, well, can I have a moniker to call you? Because that's, that's a mouthful. And he said, you can call me Pax, and this means peace, spirit messenger of peace. Okay. I find that fascinating because – I personally believe we're all one, divinely one. The way I I feel about it from all the meditation and spiritual work I've done, I just feel like we're all one connected, interconnected thing. And it's not like we as humans understand that yet. So to have Pox come to you and communicate to save our planet, I'm all about it. (laughs) Yeah. Who are we? How do you and Pox suggest we educate people on our planet now about the wisdom of protecting Mother Earth? as practiced by the Aboriginal First Peoples. Yes, so Pax does refer many times in our book, Do Unto Earth, that one of the ways that we can heal Mother Earth is to return to the ways of the First Nations and Indigenous peoples. And you think about the things that a lot of us already know about their ways. We know that they were, they belonged to the land. They didn't own the land. They were in gratitude for their food. They ate a lot less meat, but when they did eat an animal, they thanked its soul, and they understood that all things have a soul. Pax confirms that all living things, all animals have a soul. And First Nations people also sat in circle a lot. So this circle is a very powerful energy formation. And, you know, one of my questions to Pax was also, that it sounds like the circle keeps coming up in our conversations and that it's a very, you know, it's very, very powerful. It would probably make a lot of sense to also have our boardroom tables in circles. And he said, yes. And he said that in this way, there is no head of the table. You know, the, there is an assumption of equality when you come into a boardroom, a conference, a meeting, even a family dinner table where it is a circle. And so to revert back to the ways of the First Nations peoples, to look at what they do, to speak to them, to read their books, their wisdom is already in print. It's available for us. 
to find out what, you know, tapping into the natural resources and that they were stewards, they are stewards of natural resources in a way that we have very much disassociated with. So they were very good stewards with our natural resources. So, so that is one of many things that PAX does tell us and do unto Earth, and it's a foundational wisdom that we should return to. Does Mother Earth have a chance at survival, or is based on what you've channeled and learned from Pox, are we at five minutes to midnight, so to speak? <laughs> yeah, we, we actually are, Jason. So Pax <laughs> came through with with the book Do Unto Earth Now for a specific reason, and that is that we are at that precipice of we're on the verge of the point of no return, and Pax tells us that we have eight to 12 years left before a fail-safe point is reached for the health and wellness of our place here on planet Earth. And what that means is not that the end of the world would be in eight to 12 years, but that if we continue on this trajectory of pollution, of our contributions to anthropogenic climate change, to our attitudes and our intentions, which is the baseline of all of these things and why they happen, if we continue with this attitude and these intentions and these actions, that in that time span of eight to 12 years on that trajectory, we would have reached the point of no return. And he also says, part of your planet has already begun to die. That's accurate. I mean, look at the oceans, right? Let's look at, yeah. let's look at yeah. the world. I mean, we're losing so many endangered species by the day. And it's horrifying to think about. Oh, it's very horrifying. And you look at things like the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. This is these giant continents practically of plastic that are now floating in our oceans and plastic really has only come along in the what last 60 plus years it is unimaginable what we have done in such a short period of time with these products that can't return to the earth and yet we continue to punch them out day after day so mindlessly and have no concept of our part in the system, our part in the ecosystem, no concept at all of where those things go when we're done using them. Interesting. What are some of the ways that we can tap into our higher self based on what you've learned working with Pox and, and Carol, Penelope, or both of you guys? Can sure. Just want to know. What, what do you think it, it would take? Well, tapping into our higher selves is a, it's a choice to start with, and then it's a choice to be intentional and that all things do begin with intention. So our actions are a result in many cases of our thoughts and our thoughts are as a result of our intentions. So to change the world, we have to raise consciousness is what we need to do. So this is going to be something that catches on. It's a viral movement. It would be you know, a contagious wave of higher consciousness spreading and that each one of us can contribute to that. So we can be the change we want to see. We can, and I'm going to use your words, Jason, we can come together to change the world. <laughs> you know, that social spirituality that you talk about is exactly yes. how this is done. And it is done by emulating it, by simply living our lives, and by speaking our truth to power, whatever way you want to do it. So you, on your show, you know, you speak out about these things. And someone else might feel comfortable simply emulating a lifestyle that is more in balance with nature in a responsible lifestyle. So there are different ways to do that. But the idea for everyone is the raising of consciousness. So as consciousness raises, and it will spread like a tidal wave, when we reach our higher selves, when we um, raise up to the enlightenment of our higher consciousness, we can no longer war with each other, fight within our families, pollute our environment, harm animals, subject animals to factory farming, um, cause species extinction, burn our, our rainforests, cut them down. This becomes impossible when we are operating from our higher consciousness selves. We share this planet. And my viewpoint from other guests I've had on, Spiritually looking, I believe the planet's a living thing like we are. We're a part of it. We're all collectively one. And if we abuse the planet, what are we expected to get in return? <laughs> uh, well, that's, you know, and that's the title of the book. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you know, do unto Earth. We all know what comes next, right? As you would have Earth yeah. do unto you. It's the golden rule. 
Absolutely. Jason, I'd like to yeah. add something to what Penelope said um, about consciousness raising. And just as a balance uh, to everything she said, underlying that, Pax always wants to share with us that we as individuals have the power within us. We are to believe that. We are to trust in ourselves, our everyday selves, that we have the power within us to raise our consciousness, to get to our higher selves, and to be uh, the change. Uh, too often people believe that they need to leave it, oh, well, to their political leaders, the government, to um, the boss at work, wh whomever, uh, to make the changes. And we need to empower ourselves now, and we need to empower each other with the knowledge that we have it within us uh, to be the strength and to make the changes we want to see. That's well articulate and, and very well said, in my opinion. I appreciate that. I, I agree with that. I think the power lies within ourselves. And, and as soon as we collectively, like you say, wake up, become awoke, I think people are becoming more awoke as time goes on especially in 2020 with everything that we've been going through this year. You know, I, I wanted to ask you, what does Pac say about COVID-19 and, you know, the pandemic and everything we're going through with that? A lot. <laughs> so as yes. we were writing, yeah, yeah quite books. a lot. So as we were, yes, as we were writing Do Unto Earth, Pac's interrupted our usual writings to bring us information about COVID. And that resulted in the writing of two small books. They are titled The Likely Future, Volumes 1 and 2. And they're available on Amazon um, all over the place through our website also, which is paxwisdom.com. And what he says about COVID is that it inserts into the cells of the body something called anemones. A-N-E-N-O-M-I-E-S. Anemones are latent buds that go dormant and rebloom in time. And that just like a bud would open in spring, that these will go dormant and reopen again. So we are now beginning to hear reports of people from different places in the world, very few reports at this point, of people who say that they have caught the virus for a second time. Well, Pax is saying it is not that they have caught it again, but that it never left their body. It simply goes dormant and reblooms. Could be two blooms, three blooms. So this is a really important piece of the puzzle when you look at what we are making assumptions about immunity after having, you know, a lot of these, I'm going to say quote unquote experts because it's a novel coronavirus and there really isn't, there aren't any uh, experts when it's a novel coronavirus. So the expert is the expert of 10 months worth of data. You know, it's a very new thing. So as they are learning more, you hear some doctors and scientists saying that, you know, we think you probably have immunity for about six months now is kind of our guess because they know people have become sick again. But Pax is saying that's not the case. And it's really important for us to know that. He also says that the virus is exacerbated by two particular types of hormones. One is fear hormones, like those found in the slaughterhouses, they call them meat processing plants. And that's just a kind of a glossed up way of saying a slaughterhouse, that when the animals are in fear of their death, that of course they emit fear hormones and that it is the fear hormones that actually makes it, uh, makes the virus more contagious and more lethal. It's kind of like putting gasoline on a fire. So while the people, the workers at these plants would have brought the virus in because it did spread around the world through people, and we can talk about the origins of the virus also, which did originate in China from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. However, when the virus spread around the world with people and then somebody brought it into a meat processing plant, once it hit those animals with the fear hormones, it just went like crazy. And then it would be contagious, cross-contaminated back to the people. So that's why you have a lot of cases of people, the workers in meat processing plants that have become sick. So that was another big point. We could go on all day like this. He also says that I got you. for the vaccine, yeah, he said to look to the drugs that were successful for polio for a successful universal vaccine because this virus has mutated. It's sort of not one virus anymore, many mutations, and um, some of the vaccines might be effective for you know some strains, 
but he is pointing for our scientists and doctors to look to what was effective for polio. That's interesting. What do you think Pox would say about evolution, the missing link, and the Big Bang? Mm -hmm. So, again, one of the very first questions in Do Unto Earth, because this was a book on the environment, so I had been working on environmental work, and I founded something called the Viral Energy Institute, which is for personal, interpersonal, and planetary wellness. So my questions were around the environment. And one of the very first questions was, you know, some people think that we're aliens to this planet because we just seem so out of balance with nature. We kind of don't fit in. Are we aliens to this planet? And he says, indeed you are, that you originate from light years away and that this will be controversial. Talk about a mic drop. Controversial is an understatement. So certainly it was. And so he says that Earth is a very special place. Well, there are countless inhabited planets in the universe and universes, by the way, that Earth is a special place because peoples from many different planets at different times throughout our early history came and seeded planet Earth. So he calls it star seeding, seeded planet Earth with various people. So you look at the different nationalities, different languages, even different ways that we look. And these are attributed to those different peoples from different planets over different periods of time that came to planet Earth. And that planet Earth was intended to be the planet Earth project. And the planet Earth project was to see how we would be civil to one another, see how we would unite, see how we would look at our strengths that in our differences are our strengths. And you see today, Jason, how this is coming to, like it's, like it's coming to a head right now. We're living this out in this very time that we're still working on our unity right now. Think about that. <laughs> From the time we've existed on this planet, we've not had unity yet. <laughs> we've had periods yeah. of peace, but a lot of times everything's very nationalistic, tribal, group oriented or individualistic. And those are all things that I think are, are against what we need to do to be stewards of the earth and live here and oh, do absolutely. the things that are important for us as a species. Do you, um, what does Pac say about alien life on other planets coming and seeing us here in the, you know, on earth, like Roswell and all these mm -hmm. various. Yeah. It's so interesting because he, yeah, he let me ask anything, which at first I kind of thought that I was, um, you know, naughty by asking these questions of my own curiosity and things that I knew were human curiosities for everyone. You know, Roswell, how were the Great Pyramids built? What happened to Amelia Earhart? What's going on with the Bermuda Triangle? And like, how does this relate to environmental wellness? But he said to me, he basically just gave me full, you know, kind of have at it. And when there was something that he didn't particularly want to go there, I knew it. And so it wasn't really a big deal, just backed off from that. But he said that it will be through your human curiosities that we, the spirit world, will affect change, that we will reach you. You will listen because of these things. And he was specifically saying that people will read this book because it's so interesting. It's so full of these curiosities, answers to these giant questions. You know, he talks about the big, the big Bang and says that it wasn't even the inception of the universe. There were bigger bangs than the one that we refer, refer to. But in terms of Roswell, so I asked about that, and he said that, indeed, there was a crash at Roswell in 1947. And in fact, there were eight spacecraft that arrived that day. Not one, but eight. One was, one crashed, and as... As our conversation unfolds, he had said some things that were kind of like clues to me. And as I read it and reread it, I was like, well, wait a minute. We crashed. We, we crashed the ship at Roswell. And he said, yes, the United States military shot down the ship at Roswell. That it wasn't crashed. He said, yeah, it's very strange that this vessel came from so far away, galaxies away, safely. And then crashed just, you know, there few hundred feet off of your ground you know it just it was these clues and as I read it back I was so he doesn't answer things that I don't ask or that Carol doesn't ask like it's not um it's really in the vein of asking you shall receive so as I read and read it back 
it was this light bulb went off and I said, well, wait a minute. It sounds like you're saying, and he said, yes, the United States military shot down that craft and the rest left the airspace. They went back from whence they came. And that one of the beings from that spacecraft survived the crash for a period of time. However, the U.S. government did test on this being test to determine, you know, why it was able to travel at light speed, you know. So it was, this being was put through these tests. And it was very sad to me, actually, a very, very sad moment to think about that being and what it went through, what what they went through, and um, that they indeed do have souls. I asked that question as, as well about ETs and they have they have souls uh, just like we do. You know what I think about when I think of alien life because I've actually seen a UFO several times, you know, several years, and it, it sounds like you yeah. know ten years ago you'd say that and you'd be ostracized. Or you know, <laughs> yeah. I think now it's becoming so much more commonplace that you could talk about yes. this. The last time I actually saw a UFO was about three weeks ago here in Tampa. I was outside stargazing mm-hmm. and I. I filmed what I thought was the UFO that I put, I put on my Instagram and somebody else like, that's not a UFO. I thought, I'm like, I just felt the <laughs> energy of it, you know? Yeah. Let me ask I you saw this. it on your Instagram. Very interesting. Oh, you did? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I believe heavily in this stuff. And I, um, I had, I've had a guest on MUFON before talk about alien life and those kind of things. I just think that this is such a fascinating area. Do you think we'll learn answers to the mystery of alien life during our lifetime, the next 20, 30 years? Or do you think it's going to be something that's revealed later in time? I don't think we're ready. Yeah, go ahead, Carol. No, no, I just wanted to say I don't believe that humanity is ready. In order to learn more about it, there would almost need to be a meeting. And Pax has told us that as long as our people would be inclined to attend that meeting with shotguns, uh, that it's never going to happen. Uh, the, there has to be a raising of consciousness. There has to be a totally different mindset. But as it stands now, fear uh, overtakes people, and uh, uh, they would present, you know, with guns. And uh, they need to present in peace before it will happen. Yeah, in doing your impacts does tell us, I'm just going to add to that really quickly that um, Pax tells us in Do Unto Earth that nowadays our ancient uh, other planetary ancestors, the ETs, are just buzzing by. They used to visit. They kind of stopped that around the end of the 1940s for the most part. They buzz by. They do crop circles. They make their presence known and they're checking on us. They're watching to see how our civilization is developing. And the word civil is what is important there. And what Pax also says is, just like what Carol's saying, that we are in with the intentions right now that they know what our intentions are. And they are standing back and not going to help us right now. And we're actually being blocked. Our space travel is being blocked. So we wonder why in these many years we haven't gotten past our own moon or even returned to it. And certainly haven't gone anywhere else. And that Pax says that the reason is, is that our scientific uh, discoveries and our space exploration is being blocked right now by the spirit world. And we will not get passage until we, you know, raise our intentions and raise our consciousness, as Carol is saying. And um, Pax does say that he, he did say in one and a half generations, there will be colonization on other planets. So there is it, there is some good news here that it looks like we're moving into the direction. He says we are indeed entering a new age. So while this is playing out right now, we're really in the middle of it. We're kind of right at the precipice of change and change for the better is coming. I know looking at your book, Do Unto Earth, that Pax says that withdrawing from underground atmospheric injuries for the Earth and its health would require such things as, you know, not extracting fossil fuels anymore, expelling gases, and Mm -hmm. no longer conducting nuclear testing. And I wanted to ask you, based on where we are now in 2020, 
and the state of the global economy, what recommendations would POCs give us or provide to us to allow us to do these things, but also do it in a way where it's not going to be disruptive to our way of life on this planet? Yeah, it's such a great question because we need to continue our development, our economy. We need to have heating and cooling fuels. We need to have fuels for vehicles. And so PAC says to look to, um, for the replacement of crude oil, crude oil is used for many things. So in terms of the plastic use, plastic is just crude oil mixed with other forever chemicals, to replace all plastic with hemp cellulose. But anything we're making out of plastic, we can instead make out of hemp cellulose. And that mixed with other plant fibers, it can create different consistencies and different soft or hard, different types that you might need. And then for the fuel solutions, he says that the future will be that fission and fusion is in our future and to look to hydrogen and um, the hydrogen molecule and basically crashing together the hydrogen molecule. So he gives a lot of breadcrumbs as to what that will be. He does say that there will not be liquid fuel in our future, that there will not be the need to carry fuel anymore, that it would be generated on the spot. So you wouldn't need, like an airplane has to have a tank, a car has to have a gas tank, but that will be no more, that that it will be a no fuel fuel solution. And that that would give us the ability to get up into space in terms of further than we have now. And that for space travel at the, speed of light or greater than the speed of light, that once we do arrive in deep space, that it would actually be dark matter that we would find the energy to travel in deep space. So there's one fuel to get up into space and then once in space tapping into dark matter or some people would say the zero point energy field. And that that would be the fuel, and he alludes to that this is what is used by our other planetary ancestors. You think that they're carrying fuel from light years away? They're not. They're accessing something that is a generator whilst in space. That's interesting. So there's an energy source that is out in space that once we get up to it, we can tap into, and that can help us with exploring the universe? Yes. Yeah, that sounds fascinating as well. <laughs> it Why is, it is. He, he, yeah. <clears throat> Good. I didn't mean just that he gives a lot. I call them. No, it's okay. It's it's exciting. He calls you know I call them breadcrumbs because he very deliberately doesn't give us the entire formula. And you know some people might think, and I even did, like, why don't you just tell us? Like, you know, I was pleading with him, like, we so desperately need this. You know, we have this problem. We're killing this planet. Like, if we could just do this. And he just kept bringing me back to, like, I'm going to give you a lot. I'm going to give you things for your scientists, the ones that know how to read what this is, that there's a lot here. There's direction here for them. Don't waste your time on these things. Look at these things. But not going to give you the whole picture because, again, you're not ready for it. People are going to want to monetize it. They're going to want to get up into space and plant flags on other planets. You know, these attitudes need to change before these things will be revealed to your scientists. So think of when a scientist has an invention, it's a, it's a download from a higher source. It's not just, you know, um, it is magic, but it's magic in the way that when we are ready for it, when the intentions are in the right place, and not just the intentions of individual scientists, we're sure that their intentions are quite good. But as a whole, our collective consciousness has to elevate a little bit more before we can get the whole formula. I, I can completely understand that. Carol, I want to ask you this question. Why do you think Pox is disclosing this information to us? And why did the both of you believe it, the timings now? Which I think I understand the time, but I want to ask you what you get independently of that. Uh, Pax is a teacher. From the very beginning, he has presented as a teacher, and his passion, if you will, is to assist us here on the Planet Earth project, uh, to, to move forward and through and beyond our 
self-imposed limitations. It is what he does. It, it's the joy of it. And in terms of now, uh, recognizing that we are so close to a fail-safe point with Mother Earth, and just definitely as a society not going in the right direction, uh, it's extremely important to Pax that his wisdom be shared with the world. We are at a critical time. There have been many in the development of our society, but certainly uh, today is one. Uh, Penelope, you have more? Yeah, you know, it really is a critical time. We just have to be reminded of that, that we, you know, often are very mindless about it. We hear so much about the environment. It's trending, if you will. But it is really important right now. Like, this is it, guys. Like, this is our moment. This is it. And we're being contacted by the spirit world as a collective to bring information that is a blueprint of here's how you turn it around. I mean, Jason Pax even gives us the solution for desalinating salt water. We have a water shortage crisis on this planet. We know places in California don't have enough water. South Africa is really desperate for water. Kuwait, other places around the world have quite desperate situations with their water. We have not found a way to desalinate water that is successful in large quantities. It takes more energy to desalinate through reverse osmosis, which is what we're currently using for the most part, than the benefits are of that. So we're we're still in this water shortage crisis. And he gives us a solution to that. He said to look at the soil of redwood trees. So the great redwoods, which are only on the West Coast in California, they have been living for thousands of years. They're great stands of wisdom. They are great wise souls, he tells us. And that within their soil, this, the, these beings, this soil that has seen it all for so long, that within the soil of the redwood trees is an ingredient that can desalinate salt water and purify toxins out of water. And he said, you are not to touch them, the redwoods, and that you can take samples with the, with the wisdom and input from First Nations people, as well as foresters. And that with a committee of responsible, you know, wise people that will include the indigenous people, that you can take samples of it, reverse engineer it, and then share that wisdom with everyone around the world because it can be reproduced. That's amazing. <laughs> what will it take for humanity to ascend? To have us become more advanced as a, as a, as a, as a people globally, not based on, call, you know, color your skin or your country or what your religion is, what will it take for us as a, as a global citizen, all of us, what will it take for us to change and advance ourselves, in your opinion, based on what Pax is telling you? Well, you know, we, we have to remember that the most important thing is love and that we have to get back to the basics, really. We have to revert to very simple wisdoms that we've gotten so far out of the system of being part of the ecosystem of this planet. And I also did ask that, you know, if we're not indigenous to this planet, how can we be part of it? And Pax was very clear that this planet is your mother earth. There is no utopia waiting for you. The planet that we would possibly be colonizing within a generation and a half will not look like planet earth. They will be kind of a desolate planet in which we will build beautiful structures on it. These beautiful indoor spaces and faux outdoor spaces that for some people would be wonderful. You know, some people love to live in Manhattan. Other people wouldn't want to live in Manhattan or or Singapore or any of these big cities. And some people just, really love that. So there will be some people that will enjoy the life of colonizing on another planet. But Pax makes it very clear there, there is not within your reach in any soon time, any blue and green, beautiful planet like planet Earth. Take care of her. So, I mean, I have to say that I believe, Jason, that back to raising consciousness, but we do think that when people read the information and do unto Earth, that it will change them. We really do. I mean, this book It's not about me. It's not about Carol. It is a gift to humanity. I mean, this was a channeled message from the spirit world 
This isn't, you know, this isn't make belief. This is a channeled message from the spirit world to us, to the human population, to the entire population of planet Earth. And I promise you, for anybody who reads this book, they will be changed. Your, your consciousness will be raised. You will be enlightened. You will enjoy it because it's actually a really fun read. It reads like a movie. I mean, it's a page turner. But, you know, it's, it's often as an author hard to be braggadocious about your work, and I wouldn't do it other than the information didn't come from us. So this is a gift for every person, and we really encourage people to get due unto Earth. We believe it will start to create a movement and a tidal wave that cannot be ignored. I believe that the timeliness of this is so critical because of what we're looking at right now in terms of our planet, in terms of our country, and in terms of each of us. I want to ask yeah. you, I, I see you guys as messengers of a divine message that each of us need to receive in order to, to stop the damage from getting worse. <laughs> stop the, you know, it's almost like trying to... Uh, Stop the wound from bleeding worse. <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to say the right, like, you know, stop it up and, and do the right thing there. What does um, Pac say about when it comes to environmentalism and climate change? What would Pac say about us in terms of if he was to grade the planet right now on our efforts to halt the <laughs> global climate crisis? Where would we be <clears throat> on an A to F scale in terms of grading us? Hmm. Pretty close to F, I think, although there are many on this planet Earth that uh, have a passion and make it their purpose. Uh, we need to help them to grow the tidal wave of, of knowledge, of excitement, of enthusiasm, and action for the purpose of making this change in, in our lives. It, it's interesting. I don't know what exactly Pax would say about that. How about you, Penelope? Well, I would agree that Pax did make it clear there were some intense, well, it's actually a really um, warm and love-filled book. There are moments where Pax really reprimands humanity and makes no bones about it that we are destroying this planet, that it is critical, you know, wake up people. and. I would agree with Carol that it's an F and that goes for, for everybody. You know, everybody is, is part of it and that when we don't know where our food comes from anymore and we don't know where our garbage goes to when we're done with it, we have allowed ourselves to only view one part of a chain. And in allowing ourselves to be okay with that, each one of us is responsible, no matter how good we are and how much we recycle and all of our efforts and good intentions, it is really asinine what we're doing to the planet. I mean, it's no small thing. Like the, the plastic is going into the ocean. We're overfishing our oceans. We're dragging drift nets, um, pulling up everything that lives in the sea, tossing away, you know, dolphins and sharks and everything else that didn't, um, wasn't part of whatever it was they were attempting to catch that day that that particular industry is after. The things that we do so mindlessly to our natural resources, to our animals, to our forests, we're cutting out the lungs of this planet. He also talks about Australia and really puts a exclamation mark on the fact that Australia, who this continent that has these bushfires every single summer, which are winter, their summer, that they also happen to be the largest exporter of coal on the earth. And he said that we want you to be aware what will happen when the fire meets the coal. So think of that, Jason. So the, as they're the largest exporter of coal in the world, they're pulling the coal out of the ground. Tax would say, leave it in the ground. I mean, that's where it's supposed to be. You're creating holes like Swiss, Swiss cheese between fracking and things like pulling up coal and, every, and oil and everything else. Uh, but that when it is brought up and staged out for export, then you have these fires all over the continent of Australia. Millions of koalas were killed just this past, their past summer season. I mean, the fires are greater than ever, and they're creeping closer and closer to where the coal is staged. And if you were to overlay a map, of the coal 
and the fires, it's about the same places. This is a critical issue. This is a warning and a love letter from the spirit world to us to say, look what you're doing, people. Wake up. Like, does any of this make any sense? It would be a candle that you <laughs> would never all. be able to yeah. put out. It would be a candle that would burn for a million years. Yeah, it absolutely would. Coal is an extremely hot burning uh, commodity, and it's almost impossible when it's underground even to uh, to put it out. It's rather like a peat fire um, that happens in other areas of the world, and they they burn and smolder for decades, uh, doing unimaginable harm uh, to the planet. Um, and we don't need that coal. We truly don't going forward. Mm-hmm. I, I consider coal as such a dirty fuel source, and I believe it, it's toxic to everything we're trying to accomplish right now in, in terms of so changing true. the trajectory. It's the it worst is. thing we could be doing right now. It's equivalent yeah. well, to it's laziness. cirrhosis of the liver. Yeah, it's like, it's like someone who's an alcoholic and being told by a doctor, you have cirrhosis of the liver, you need to stop drinking. And that yeah. person goes oh, binge okay. drinking at the bars every night. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, that's a great comparison. This? Well, for greed, right? Just, we, we, you know, uh, yeah. we three know the answer. You know, it's it's greed. It's something that you know. There's an industry there, but Pax is saying that there are a lot of new industries that could be opening up. So those same companies, you know, retool, uh, invest in other industries, invest in hemp for one thing, bamboo for another thing. There's a whole litany of solutions presented in Do Unto Earth, if those who would love to continue monetizing resources would just look to the future, because what they're doing now is not sustainable, even for their pocketbooks, things will change. And this is the direction it's going in. So, but this is, you know, it's really critical, like for so long, we've been, you know, talking about the renewable resources and non-renewable resources and they're almost just taglines now but this is this is drop dead critical if you know somebody from australia ask them to reach out to their government like this is very important stuff and that's just one of many issues that are at a point now of critical we're running low on time and i just want to ask for our audience if they want to reach out to the both of you what would be the best way for them to contact you um, themselves? Well, our website is paxwisdom.com. That is P-A-X wisdom.com. Each one of us have our own websites as well, which are just our names.com, carolsereneborgans.com, penelopejeanhayes.com. But to make it really easy, they're all linked through the paxwisdom.com. So if you click on the authors, you'll see us there and links to our website. I, I love this topic because of how relevant it is to what we're going through right now. In terms it of is. what you believe Pox has bestowed on to both of you for do unto earth, where do we begin now as a planet and as a people to implement the recommendations directly? You know, when Pax told me one day, as I'm asking questions, Carol's channeling, returning the answers from Pax, and when he said one day about our microwaves and how when we nuke some food and then we open up the microwave, the toxins, radiation just blasts right into your face. I unplugged the microwave that day and haven't used it again. When Pax told me that plastic off-gasses toxins into our food, and specifically said, like, it is crazy for you to have plastic in contact with your food. Think about plastic wrap. Also look at plastic, like veins inside our homes now. Our piping, plumbing piping used to be made out of copper. Guess what? It's all made out of plastic. Not only plastic, it's PVC. PVC is the most toxic and off-gassing of all the plastics. So there are things you can do immediately. You know, when I heard about plastic in contact with food, you know what I did, Jason? I got rid of all of the plastic food storage containers, never used them again. I immediately, I just jumped online and bought mason jars, good old-fashioned mason jars, and I can put any kind of food and leftovers. And then I found all sorts of glass 
food containers that looked just like the versions in plastic. Like they're out there. They have bamboo lids. They are out there and it feels really good. Like I have to say those small shifts, that is an awakening. That is a raising of consciousness. Just those small things and it feels really good. Like there's something about it that feels really, it feels good. It feels good for your family. It feels like you're doing something. And when you raise your consciousness, just that now you're, in a new realm of consciousness and you then raise another tick. So it's like climbing a ladder and you don't go from the bottom rung to the top rung. You do it one rung at a time and that's how it will be done. It's small steps. And I will add in at the end of this, a message directly from PAX um, to Jason and to your listeners. And this is how he sees us going forward. And he quotes, live your best, love all, and follow your heart. Do kindness and practice respect for all. Also, believe and trust in yourself to be your highest and best. I love that. That's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, that's beautiful. Very beautiful. In terms of your project with Do Unto Others, it's not too late. Do you guys have plans for any other books to come out in the future? Oh, as a yeah. continuation we're, of this project. <laughs> Pax is yes. always ready. He has messages. Oh, yes. He has wisdom to share. There will be more. There's a lot more to be said. This book needs to kind of marinate with the population, start doing its work, raising consciousness. And in the meantime, Carol Pax and myself will be at it again, and there's definitely more to come. I always ask on occasion guests, the following concluding questions. My first question would be both of you. If you were a spirit animal, which spirit animal would you be and why? And I'll go first mm-hmm. just to give you an idea. Usually I'll say yeah. I'm an owl because I like, I have parrots. I, I associate and touch. I have a strong connection with birds and I like to look at the world from a 360 point of view. And I always feel like owls have wisdom, they're patient. And, you know, that's my quest for knowledge. <laughs> so that's what I always say. That's but great. I, I was asking you if you felt comfortable. Oh, I like that. that. And what would you say? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I've always known mine. It's a dolphin. I have a really neat thing where dolphins actually come to me in the wild, Jason. So I also live in Florida. I'm in Naples, Beautiful. Florida. And um, oh, for okay. many, many years, I've lived on the ocean or close to in different places. And they, they do. I mean, it was one of my birthdays. My husband and I were kayaking. And a whole group of dolphins came right to my kayak. And this happens often. It happened once when I was in Mexico with a girlfriend when I was um, much younger. And so I would say that there is a deep resonance with dolphins, that they are, they are a missing link between the animal world and the human world, and that they seek to make a connection through their ability to be so... Um, in tune with our emotions and to bring forward, you just see in their eyes and in their demeanor, something, a consciousness, a higher consciousness there that is just so very pure. And I feel that they are intending to be a link between the animal world and the, and humans. And I would say that that resonates with me in wanting to ask people to be more mindful and to return to their sixth sense and the wisdom that they know is inside them. I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> lovely. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, you have caught me completely off guard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, truly. It's not something I've, I've ever thought of, but um, in doing so, I would have to say Eagle Eagle for his wisdom or her wisdom and ability to um, move around the planet to survey um, what is uh, what is and what is not and what should be um, in in its very kingdom, and to inspire in people who look to Eagle for wisdom um, that there could be perhaps a channel of communication between the people who look to Eagle for wisdom, where that Eagle could share uh, what 
what that group of people could benefit from knowing in terms of the protection and repair of planet Earth. Eagle has the ability to soar high above or come right down to sea level. And with the innate wisdom that people think eagles have, the hunting ability, for example, there could be a close connection that would result in uh, teaching and sharing. The First Nations people look to eagle, again, for wisdom and and guidance and trust that when eagle is present that there is a sacredness. Um, the First Nations chiefs are permitted to carry eagle feathers. Uh, it is not a gift for the rest of the population. I think that the channeling through eagle of spirit wisdom uh, to Mother Earth would be my connection. Love that. That's beautiful. I love eagles too. Any Any creatures that are on our planet that Oh, so many of them amaze me every day. Yes. I want to I thank you guys for coming on. Your answers to that question was so thoughtful. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm looking at Do Unto Earth, and after our, doing our interview, I feel like your book presents an overview to so many topics that a lot of us think about mm-hmm. regularly, and I, I love that. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your information with us today. I think it's very, very, very special to have you on, becoming acquainted with the teachings of Pox, and just your, your journey, and, your, and, and it's just so amazing. I, I just want to thank you on behalf of our audience for taking the time and talking and, and, and discussing this very critical, important topic with us. It's been a pleasure, Jason. Thank you. Yes, we thank you, I Jason. Thank you. And you, you are very special. What you do is very special. <laughs> Absolutely. I think all of us are, but thank you. Thank you so much. I have to say, I may have said this to you before we started our show, one of my greatest enjoyments of doing this is having the ability to having special people like yourselves on. I love sharing people, our, our guests, individual and unique spiritual journey and how that spiritual journey can inspire us to really become better within ourselves. And that's what I think you've done here with Do Unto Earth. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. I encourage our audience to find out more about your work and, and to really read Do Unto Earth. We hope so. they do, and we really appreciate you. Well, and the other thing I'll add, too, is I, I say to my guests, uh, if you ever, when you have more stuff to come out with, like another book or a topic that you really feel passionate about, please let me know. I'd love to have this platform available to you because of all the important work you're doing right now. Oh, much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. You both have a good day. Okay. Thanks, Bye-bye. Jason. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. I just want to thank. Penelope and Carol for coming on to the show today and sharing their personal experience and, and their dedication to this project, Do Unto Earth, It's Not Too Late. One of the things I'll say, looking at what Penelope, Jean Hayes, and Carol Serene Fortunes have, have done collaborating together, I consider this a groundbreaking and awe-inspiring project because it really does speak plainly to the truths that we need to learn in order to save our planet and protect the environment and move forward with what we must do to reverse the damage that we've created on our planet. I consider the topics we discussed today extremely relevant to our current planet and to our current state of affairs. Each of us should make a conscious effort to become as educated as possible, to increase our awareness of these issues, and to advocate for the end of global warming, for the right practices that we must do as a group of people, as a planet, to protect our resources, protect all living things, and enable us to lead a better planet for our posterity. My show talks about, rather frequently, paradigm shift. As a planet, we have to engage in a global paradigm shift. Environmentalism is so critical right now. I'm excited about the future for the first time in a while, and I believe that we can change our current trajectory. Check out Do Unto Earth. It's not too late. The website is paxwisdom.com. I am extremely honored to have Penelope Jean Hayes and Carol Serene Borges on the show, and they shared their story with us. Each of you, check it out. It's worth it. Well, well worth it as a read. It's available on amazon.com as well. In terms of our programming, we are going to have more shows coming up. I'm increasing uh, the psychic reading episodes as well. Uh, we'll start doing more of those at least once a week. And we will continue to have amazing guests like Penelope and Carol on the show in the future. 
So if you have any questions, you can always reach out to me at info at the letter D, socialpsychicradio.com. Don't hesitate to check out our website, thesocialpsychic.com, and www.thesocialpsychicradio.com with the letter D. Thank you so much. Stay positive and look forward, not back. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook, and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. Are you looking for that perfect gift to express your appreciation for your loved one or bestie? Well, look no further. Royal Susie offers one-of-a-kind designs with genuine high-quality crystals, stones, and the most precious of metals that are guaranteed to satisfy the urges of your inner king or queen. Each piece is handcrafted with love and is sure to inspire and captivate all. Indulge yourself by visiting Royal Susie's website at www.royalsusie.com for splendid items like agate bookends, impressively crystal-studded bottle stoppers, and beautifully handcrafted nightlights that will charm every room in your home. Royal Susie's featured collections will truly delight your guests and always make them feel welcome. Any questions? Contact Royal Susie directly by email at royalsusiedesigns at yahoo.com. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win! Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Pack podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but WannaBet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.